With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. Gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am your host, Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. It is Monday morning on November 19th, and it is a bit of a dark one for Nuggets Nation. We spent last week dropping three of four, including the latest that lost to the New Orleans Pelicans on what was that, Saturday night? Saturday night. Nuggets now 10-6 on the season in danger, uh, potentially of getting close to, to 500. If you look uh, if you look ahead, three road games this week, plus one home game against the Orlando Magic. Those three road games, though, tough opponents t- starting tonight with the Milwaukee Bucks. Then they'll follow that up with the Minnesota Timberwolves, the resurgent Minnesota Timberwolves now that the Jimmy Butler uh, issues are back past them. And then, of course, they close out the week on the road against the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are red hot. So, to break down everything that happened last week and is coming up next week, we have two guests today. We'll start off the show with Mark Grimaldi from Boulder. Mark was kind enough to join us earlier last week, talk about that loss against the Rockets and then the bounce-back game against the Atlanta Hawks, winning by 45. The Nuggets uh, bounce back big time. It would not last, though. As we know, because then they, of course, lose to the New Orleans Pelicans. Like I said, I had Ashley Douglas on to talk about that as well as this upcoming tough stretch of games they've got this week. So let's not delay anymore. All right, well, to to talk about the Rockets game and then uh, follow up with that, that win against the Hawks, I have with me down in Boulder, it is Chief Moderator Mark Grimaldi. Mark, what's happening? How's it going, Zach? Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. We're always, I'm always happy to have the chief moderator on because I know you have absolutely the the worst job possible that Denver Stiss has to offer. Um, it's a it's a roller coaster. It. When the Nuggets are winning, it's not that bad. But you go on a four game <laughs> losing streak and it gets rough. It gets real bad. It's funny. It's yeah. The, the high point is it's not that bad. But the low point is like this. Is a giant dumpster fire. <laughs> so I'm always, yeah, always glad to get you on, Mark, anytime. It's, it is my pleasure, sir. Um, and so you know, that's, and the other thing is, like, yeah, nobody, nobody has their finger on the pulse of Nuggets Nation, probably more than Mark Grimaldi. Um, so I'll ask you, uh, let me ask you that. I mean, let, tell me this, yeah, where, how, where were they, uh, where was, was the fans in the comment board? Where do you think they were at, at, at that, when, after that loss to Houston? How, how low were they? So lower than I expected. I mean, it, it was a tough 
four game skid obviously but the speed at which people can turn on not only each other uh, which happened pretty quickly (laughs) but also on the coaching staff and the front office and jamal murray and anybody who's had a bad game um but then managed to forget that in the beginning of the season it was paul Millsap they were mad at and it, (laughs) it turns quickly uh but the good news is if the Nuggets start winning again, I think people come around and go back to just debating whether Jamal Murray's a point guard and actual basketball issues like that. Right, right. We actually get that. We get the uh, bas- the Nuggets-centric conversation that you really can't get anywhere else. It's, I think, why one of the reasons Stiffs has always been so much fun. It's, what's so funny, though, is I remember – so, I mean, if, if people who, who've been um, reading my writing or, or listening to me, which is, like, probably uh, – only myself, but let's be honest here. But um, I mean, you know, I, I so I've been with the the stiffs in terms of I've been a commenter on the stiffs since it's since basically inception. Um, and even back when they won fifty seven games, like there were times we were like, we need to fire George Carl. This is completely terrible. What's wrong with these people? And it's like, guys, you just calm down for five seconds. I I got so frustrated that season. Uh, there was like there was a time where I was like, oh, I'm just done. I'm just not gonna comment on. Uh, on Denver Stiffs anymore because these people are just getting a little too crazy. The good thing is it is a loud minority. The large majority of commenters on the site are dedicated fans who just want to talk about the Nuggets, Um, but sometimes the smaller amount of loud voices drown it out. Sometimes, and then that's when Mark comes in quickly with the band hammer and just (laughs) rig Which I've been carrying with me lately. Yes, he has it at the ready at all times. Goes to sleep with it, in fact. Um, (laughs) We are way off topic. We're going to rein this thing back in. So, obviously, this week uh, we, we opened it up with that Houston Rockets game, which was the fourth loss in the four-game losing streak. I mean, they just can't. The, the Nuggets, if there's one team they cannot get over, it is it is Houston. Like, that team, every they, they, they have no way of defending the James Harden-Clint Capella pick-and-roll. Like, it just... That is the worst possible combo of players uh, for the Nuggets to try and defend in the pick-and-roll situation because Capella, I mean, he just rolls to the basket so well and so hard and that so quickly when you have Jokic trying to, you know, trying to hedge that screen and then get back and recover to Capella, you just, you can't do it. And and the thing is, is you can't, you've got to hedge out so hard because it's James Harden, right? I mean, this guy, this guy is, makes a living off of a run in the pick and roll and either a get into the basket himself, which he's you know one of the best in the entire league at, or b he's he's a plenty good shooter and he's great at drawing fouls. So I don't know, Mark. I mean, is is that is it just that simple that is, is the James Harden Clint Capella pick and roll is just something the Nuggets can't defend, or is there more to their struggles with this team? So this game kind of surprised me um i would say in previous years when houston was a little more deep um and maybe even a little more healthy uh i do think they were kind of built to just beat the nuggets because the nuggets in recent years have been a team that even when they were down they might be able to outscore people but playing maury ball the rockets on any night can outscore anyone right Um, and then when maury ball's not functioning um people aren't hitting threes then like you said they can just default to a pick and roll that is probably the thing the Nuggets are the worst at defending, except maybe corner threes, which is the other thing Houston loves, and James Harden is great at passing out of. Um, P.J. Tucker is amazing on the other end, so whoever you know the Nuggets' best wing def- uh, offensive player is going to be is going to have a rough night. 
obviously Chris Paul is pretty great defensively. Um, so is Clint Capella. So they're a well-rounded team. But with the way they've been playing this year, I really wish the Nuggets could have caught them at a time when the Nuggets weren't in sort of their biggest free fall of what has been the short segment of the season so far. Um, because I really thought Houston was a little less deep, shooting a little less well, and this could have been the Nuggets' year. Um, but unfortunately, they caught the Nuggets at the right time, and the losing streak continues. Yeah, absolutely. They, uh, you know, it, it, it's a team that I mean, there, there's a possibility. You're right that if, if the Nuggets are at their best, uh, they should be able to beat them. But it's just. I don't know. There, like I said, there's there's just something about and you brought up Chris Paul, who's another another guy who I didn't even mention. Another guy who can kill you in the pick and roll, um, and then he's especially got that mid range game that's uh, so deadly as well. It's just uh, it seems like this team, the 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 Rockets, pretty much have the Nuggets figured out at this point, right? And they're they're pretty much going to going to just work you work you down and beat you with their game. Um, and and as we saw in this one. If if things even look remotely kind of close, uh, you know, I mean, the Nuggets weren't doing so bad. They were they were only down. Uh, in fact, they were up. I think I think they were up at half by one point, uh, and then they just get obliterated in that third quarter. And it's because James Harden basically was like, "All right, uh, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and do what I know works on you guys." And and then he does that with with Capella, and then pretty much. Um, it's game over, you know. By the time they get into the fourth quarter, I mean, the, uh, they they hung around, but they didn't they didn't ever really get back within striking distance. Uh, Mark, do you think any of it had to do with the fact that the one guy who wasn't there anymore, that, that Carmelo Anthony, no longer a part of the Rockets? I mean, that's the other streak they could have kept going. Is since he left Denver, Melo has had a very hard time winning in Denver. Um, so I don't believe he has I, at all. Yeah, so I was waiting for one of those streaks to come to an end, but unfortunately they managed to basically jettison him quickly enough to not have the mellow curse in Denver, um, which, I mean, at this point you got to say is a factor because he just can't win games here. That's right. They were like, all right, man, this is it. We were going we, we to wait and see, but the Denver's up, and we know it's like an automatic curse. D'Antoni was like, get him out of here. Kick him off. Exactly. Which D'Antoni had to love to do after the entire New York incident. Well, that and Jeff Bezdelic had to love. I mean, think about it. Bezdelic retires when Melo shows up. And then, because Melo essentially got him fired, you know, back in 2004. Um, and then, uh, as soon as Bezdelic says, okay, I'm going to come out of retirement, they released Melo. It's <laughs> yeah, big so, coincidence. Yeah, right, exactly. The timing's just really weird there. So, um Kind of a funny thing, but yeah, of course the Nuggets they dropped that game. That was the that was the end of the four game uh, losing streak, though. Luckily, because of course they they get back they get back on the horse. What better team when you've got a four game losing streak? What better team than to see it come into your home court than the Atlanta Hawks, who are <laughs> aiming for another high high draft pick this year? Uh, the Nuggets, though, the Nuggets to their credit, I mean they beat they beat the Hawks by what like forty five points. I mean, it, yeah, you know that's that. I was I was talking with the guys over at Mile High Sports um, about this oh, back on Friday, and it was, you know, I told them I was like, it doesn't matter who you're playing in the NBA, man. Beating anyone in the NBA by 45 points is uh, is pretty darn impressive. That's tough to do. Um, the the I think the big catalyst, uh, obviously, in the game was Wancho Herning Gomez. Wancho has the uh, 25 point outing. I mean, he was he was hitting shots. He was he was active. He was looking good on both sides of the court um this is what now i think 
game that was game two with Wancho in the in the starting lineup. Uh, Mark, are you are you are you happy with that game three? Right, because he was the Bucks too. He was in that one. Um, right. Re, are you? Do you think this was the right move? Or now that we've seen like a three game sample size, should, do you keep going with Wancho? Is he the right guy at least until Will Barton comes back? Absolutely. Um, I'm thrilled he's getting this opportunity. I really thought coming into the year that if he could get a chance, he was going to surprise people. Uh, I actually think that I picked him as my breakout player on an earlier episode of this podcast nice. um, for the season, because I just felt like people didn't understand what mono really does to a person. And right. his, I mean, his rookie season, he really showed promise. And I really thought he was, if he was given the opportunity, he could capitalize on it. The question was whether or not he'd get the opportunity. So it's really a shame that Will Barton is out. Um, but Wancho being able to come in, space the floor, he moves well, he can knock down shots, he's got a nose for offensive rebounds. All of a sudden, he seems to be a rim protector with these blocks. I don't know where that came from, right. uh, but I'm not going to complain. Um, but ultimately, I think it also allows the office, uh, the offense to flow in a way that will make it easier for Will Barton to come back. Because if there's a non-shooter like Torrey Craig playing the three, the offense has to adapt and has to change a little bit. And then Will Barton, a shooter, comes back. I think they have to adjust again. With the way that Wancho is playing, it feels to me like he's helping space the floor. He's helping the offense get going. But it should also be a seamless transition with Will Barton, another guy who can spot up and shoot and can cut, comes back into the offense, and they should be able to keep rolling. So kind of on all fronts, I support him starting, and I've been really happy to see how he's played. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. You know, I mean, we've obviously seen – uh, the defense suffer a little bit, right? I, I Atlanta game notwithstanding, but again, let's consider the opponent. Um, they they've pretty much the, the the game against the Bucks and the game against the Rockets, right? They they, they let those guys uh, score quite a bit. Now, uh, some of that's just like you you just have those days where Brooke Lopez might go unconscious from three and and knock seven down on a seven of eight down on you, and you, right. that, that's just the way it goes, you know, like. Um, but they, the, the defense wasn't there, uh, those first two games when they brought, they brought, uh, Wancho in at the starting lineup and, and then against the, the, the Hawks, we actually got to see, right? We got to see, uh, them hold them to 93 points, particularly in the second half where we've, we've seen in the past, maybe Nuggets teams get a lead early on a team and then let them, we've seen some terrible third quarters. Uh, in the past, and we saw one against Houston, but this time they they absolutely come out. They put their they put their foot on the throat uh, and and finish the game with a like I said a forty five point win. Pretty much behind behind Wancho, he was the the guy I think on both sides courts plus forty six for the game in in thirty one minutes. That's also very hard to do no matter who you're playing in the NBA. Um, I'm happy with the two because it is it is a temporary thing. Look, there's no there's no way you start Wancho or Torrey Craig or Malik Beasley or whoever uh, over Will Barton, right? Will Barton is your starting small forward, um, and he'll be back hopefully sometime next month. So I yeah, I think you bring up the great a great point there that you know with Wancho he gives you something a little bit more synonymous. Um, to to what Will Barton does on offense, and then you know you can say the same about Malik Beasley, but Wancho also gives you that added benefit right now. At least if you're getting that length uh, as your at your forward spot as well, which is something that they don't even have with Will Barton. So it, it it can at least maybe 
help contain a little more on defense. So I would, I would, I would keep going with it as well. I mean, it's he seems to be playing really well, and it, obviously, if he's going to shoot like he did uh, against the Hawks, he's going to score points like that. Then, yeah, I mean, there's there's no reason to to not continue to play him. Um, the 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 other kind of weird thing that happened with the starting unit, specifically in that Hawks game, uh, obviously was. Jamal Murray does not start the game. We find out it's later. He was uh, late to shoot around, which is a no-no. If you remember last season, this happened one game as well. Something happened with Jamal, and I think it was the same thing. Maybe he was late to a shoot around and then ends up uh, getting getting benched to start the game. Is it, is it as simple as that? Is it, should, I mean, should we look into this any, any more, Mark, or is it pretty much just, you know what, it happened and, and, uh, and we just, just move on? So I think really, in the end, it's something that we just see and then move on. Um, when I first saw the starting lineups announced, I thought it was very different uh, before we knew why it happened. I thought it had been because of his play, which would have been an interesting move. I mean, he's certainly been having a down season except for a couple games and has just looked in a funk a little bit too, uh, passing off of open shots, obviously still having trouble with some of the point guard stuff. Um, but I don't know if moving him to the bench would end up being good for him. I mean, it might be something that lights a fire under him and gets him going, but it might also be the kind of thing that kills a guy's confidence or makes him upset with the team. And obviously the coaching staff knows him better than me, but uh, that's something I think is a real risk for someone that it seems like the front office and the coaching staff has invested a lot of time in and really think is going to become the guy. Um, but once we found out that it was based on him being late to shoot around I mean, that's the same thing that happened last year, and he ended up starting last year. He came in and was starting this year. If it becomes a habitual thing, I think the question is more, why is he being late, and is there an attitude issue? Um, but a one game sitting on the bench to start the game but still getting a lot of minutes uh, in response to somebody being late makes a lot of sense to me, and it's holding guys accountable. So mm -hmm. unless something happens again in the future, I think we just move on. Right. This um this has the, the feeling to me of – he probably overslept, right? That that seems like the most likely explanation is, is is what happens here. Is maybe maybe his phone died or something, and his alarm didn't go off in the morning, and um, that's why he. Right, we've all been late to things. This isn't like Ty Lawson missing a plane back yeah. from Vegas. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like anybody who's going to be sit there and be like, "Oh, I can't believe he he missed a, or was late to a shootout." Like, come on, man, it happens. Uh, it is kind of weird that he seems to be the only one that it's now happened to two years in a row. But it's again, I mean, it happened if it happens one game out of eighty-two, um, you can't really, you can't really make too big of a fuss about it. Let me ask you this though, Mark. I thought the this the the funny thing was is I thought Monty Morris actually looked pretty uh, pretty darn good there with the starters. So uh, what if what if I mean let's say this when Isaiah Thomas comes back. Um, how do the Nuggets find minutes for both him and Monty Morris? It's really one of the things I'm the most worried about. Um, Monte has just looked so good. I mean, he's got the best assist to turnover ratio in the NBA. He's working hard. He's doing everything you could ask him to do. So I don't think you can just sit him down and tell him his season's over when IT comes back. Um, maybe when IT comes back, he's on a minutes restriction at first, which would right. help Monte still get minutes. Um, but otherwise, I really think the only option is if you're running a rotation where uh, Jamal Murray's getting some minutes at the shooting guard as well. So maybe when Gary comes off, uh, Jamal slides over to the two um, 
and Monte can still get some run and then IT can come in as well. So they're not all splitting point guard minutes. They're also splitting some shooting guard minutes, uh, which could help on the wing since Will Barton and Wancho are the only real wings unless Torrey Craig's getting minutes. But ultimately, I think it might be the hardest thing that Mike Malone's going to have to decide this year because there's not enough minutes for all those guys to get what they probably deserve. If IT looks anything like the IT that played in Boston, he deserves a lot of minutes and should probably be playing in fourth quarters. So um, we'll see how Malone does it, but I think that somebody could end up being unhappy and it's going to be really tough on the coaching staff. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I, uh, I it, uh, the, the guy I think that just might end up being the odd man out right now is Malik Beasley, right? You think, look at the game against Atlanta. He played 24 minutes. Um, that's maybe 24 minutes that are going to go to um, go over to Monty Morris and then the, the – 29 or so that he was getting or I guess the 23 or so that Jamal was getting uh, because Jamal was coming off the bench for this one weird game um, that would go to Isaiah Thomas so that's that's kind of the 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 predicament I think that they're in is is like like you said they're gonna have to find a way to have guys play some of those shooting guard minutes and the other thing part hard part about it is you're you're also got to find minutes now for Will Barton when he comes back as well and so that's suddenly now you now you're asking yourself well should we be playing Wacho Hernan Gomez or should we be playing Will Barton should we be playing Trey Lyles obviously you're going to want to play Barton right so um where are you going to find those minutes you could potentially right. not play uh Monty Morrison and use those minutes by switching up your rotation and, and giving Jamal a lot more uh time with the shooting guard because you can play Isaiah Thomas uh, 30 minutes if he's healthy so that it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting one. I'm I'm, I'm curious to to see what happens. Like you are, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be. We'll we'll find out a lot about Coach Malone and handling his rotations. Uh, that's for sure if he gets everybody healthy. Because we didn't even talk about Michael Porter Jr. So um, true or Jared Vanderbilt. Or exactly. It's a good problem to have. All right. Well, I think we will we will wrap up this segment here. Then we'll let Mark get out of here, and then uh, we will roll into next. Rattler going back over that. Uh, uh, I can't even remember. We're, we're just going to keep on rolling. We're going to roll off of this and we'll, uh, we'll get on with the show. But uh, Mark, appreciate you being on, sir. Thanks again. It was fun. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work.
Welcome back into the Pickaxe Planet Show. I am Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. We spent the first half of that show talking with Mark Grimaldi, going over that loss to the Rockets and the bounce-back win against the Atlanta Hawks. It, of course, though, would not last as the Nuggets ended out the week losing to the New Orleans Pelicans as they start a three-game road swing. To talk about that, I'm going to bring in Ashley Douglas from Colorado Springs. Ashley, what's happening? Not much. The ice melted, so life is great. That's right. Yeah, it was a <laughs> it was a, it was a rough uh, a rough weekend of weather for sure because yeah, you know, not quite snow, but that freezing rain. That's like the worst thing to drive in out of anything. Yeah, I couldn't pull into my garage last night. It wouldn't. Um, the car would not go up the hill. So <laughs> that's always the worst. That's. Oh uh, yeah, that was uh we um I had to drive somewhere yesterday and I uh I tried to <laughs> we have a slanted driveway as well and it was a, it was a hairy proposition just trying to get into the car. Uh, <laughs> really, oh, that's great. I'm sure it was entertaining for my neighbors to watch though. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, so it uh also over the weekend not only bad weather but bad play from the Denver Nuggets. They yeah. Uh, they dropped the game against the New Orleans Pelicans. They lose that one, 125-115. They have now lost five of their last six. Uh, I mean, I guess to put it simply, Ashley, what um, what happened? I mean, the so I guess well to put it simply, so the offense looked really good in that first quarter, right? It came out, uh, they came out firing. They scored, I think, what maybe like 32 points in the first, the 30, 35 points in the first quarter. Um, yeah. It was really playing well. Uh, kind of kept flowing into the second quarter, but by the end of the half, it really stalled and then didn't do anything in that second half. I mean, what happened to that offense that that we saw in the first? Why why weren't they able to carry that throughout the game? You know, oddly enough, I I think it's a defensive problem. I know that sounds strange, but I think you know you have a you have a big man like Anthony Davis, who's nearly Im- impossible to stop, and they. I don't know why they quit playing the defense they were playing earlier this season. It's just, it's just seemed to kind of fall by the wayside. And my opinion is that they, they just get overwhelmed. You know, you, you have Anthony Davis who's just, you know, (laughs) controlling the game and they, they just, they give up and they, they think that they can't dig out of that hole. So, uh, I don't know if, if Jokic was playing hurt, but it seemed like he was, he said he was fine. But I just was like, nah, I don't know. I mean, if you're fine, you're kind of like maybe not playing like you're fine now. Because right. I think he had, so he had some great stuff in the first quarter, but he didn't make a shot till the third quarter again. Right, right. Yeah, and he definitely faded so, down the stretch as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that um, that was... So I don't know. So that's kind of weird with Jokic, right? Because he had that, it was like he, he like slipped on like a wet spot or something on the floor. Yeah, and then, and, really and he, yeah, he tweaked. It looked like he tweaked his leg. Uh, stayed in the game, but yeah, after that, he. I mean, because he was off to a tear. I think he had something like eighteen points in the first quarter. He was, um, like you mentioned. I mean, they weren't playing any defense at, at all. But <clears throat> Jokic, uh, Jokic primarily was getting anything he wanted on the on the offensive end. And I guess maybe that's the easiest way to say what happened to the offense after that first quarter is Jokic just. Stop scoring mm-hmm. it, and that's a good point. He very well could have been because he was hurt because of that weird, that weird sort of situation where he slipped there. Uh, he certainly didn't look the same afterwards. That that definitely 
brings them down. The other thing I noticed, I, they just, they seem to stop. And it was funny because it was New Orleans was the team who was on the back-to-back, not not the Nuggets. But um, right. they stopped. They looked like they were tired and they, they stopped trying to get to the rim. They stopped dominating in the paint like they were in the first in the first quarter and and they pretty much just were settling for three pointers and they were hitting some don't get me wrong i mean some of those guys were knocking down those shots but it, they were pretty much exclusively shooting jump shots at that point and they didn't get enough of them to fall with and then with not playing the defense you know they um they're just killing you know i heard chris marlowe say something and i don't i can't recall if it was this game or last game but he said you know if you're going to abandon defense you have to at least score 120 points, right. at least. And, you know, that's that's a good point. You know, the Houston Rockets kind of did that last season where, you know, they played some defense, but, like, mostly they just bombarded their opponent with offensive shots, and, and that got them a long way. And the Nuggets aren't that team. You know, I think their offense struggled a little bit early on in the season, and um, they really relied on the, but the defense was winning games. And so I'm like, why did we change? What happened? <laughs> right. Why did we move away from that? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, some of it, I think some of it coincides with just the fact that they, I mean, they made the switch at small forward, right? They brought in, uh, Wancho instead of Torrey Craig. And I mean, they, the, right. the offense was really bad when, when Wancho was in there. I mean, just because defenses were completely ignoring him out to the three point line, but what we see now on the flip side is is that the the defense has really really suffered, and I don't want to put it all on Wancho and say that he's a he's a bad defender because I don't just think it is that. I don't think it's simply that one player. It's just the timing of that it seemed to happen, and and it, you're yeah. right though for whatever reason. I mean they're not they're not playing good defense at all. They that game against the Pelicans. I mean they pretty much if if the Pelicans wanted to take the ball to the hoop, nobody was going to stop them. Uh, from doing it and that that pretty much is is uh, was their recipe night in and night out or throughout the game possession and possession out because uh, they just give the ball to anthony davis especially down uh especially down the stretch and he wasn't yeah he wasn't necessarily even getting a ton of um shots to go down but he was getting so many free throws going to the line so much and he was absolutely automatic pretty much from the free throw line. That's another problem. Yeah, I mean, and and I, the Nuggets have to expect that. You know, they're they're when they play people like that, they're going to get the superstar call, right. and they have to be ready for it. They have to expect that to come. I, I just, you know, what, what's frustrating is that I felt like the effort wasn't there. Yep. And when I feel like they get beat and they get beat honestly, like it doesn't bother me. But, I mean, obviously losing sucks, but. Really, when they get beat and and they don't put the effort in, I'm I'm just like, why did I just watch this game? Right. You know what I mean? Like, you guys got to be kidding me. Well, what? Why did you change what you used to be doing? And I, you know, Trey Lyle said it last night. He said, you know, we have to hold each other accountable. And I don't know what that looks like. I don't know who is the one to to start that fire, but I think it should be Nikola Jokic mm-hmm. as the leader of the team. Yeah. So yeah, that's um, you know, he's he's certainly. Uh, the guy who's who's everybody's looking to, but we've I don't know, man. Nicola, he's been um, going through some growing pains. I guess is the best way to put it. But he doesn't want to be that yeah, exactly, guy. I exactly. think that's the problem. Right. He is the guy, but he doesn't want it. Exactly. And I, I mean, I get, I get sort of where he's coming from uh, because yeah. he wasn't. I, I, it's one of those things. Is Jokic is not like a guy. He's not like. Uh, a dude who's been living, living, not like, okay, so like Will Barton has, has, has pretty much uh, eat, sleep, breathe basketball like his whole life. That's like the only thing 
uh, he ever he's ever been doing since he was a little kid. That's not that's not yeah. true about Jokic. He, this all kind of happened really pretty quickly uh, in the grand scheme of things for him. And now suddenly he's this giant superstar with uh, these big expectations, and he's got the ability to do it on the court. At least I mean we can we've seen it how good he is. Um, but you're right. It, it's almost feel like he like he's like never really wanted to be this. You know. Um, he just kind of wants to be one of the guys, right? And just kind of wants to fit in and yeah. play basketball and have fun. He want he wants to be a role player, but he's he's not he's just too good. And I think that it's right. It's and that's what sucks is I think the Nuggets have a problem where they need maybe a leader who's not the best one on the team, like a Draymond Green. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who just gets the team fired up and leads them, but but doesn't necessarily bring in all the points. Right. Because I just feel like that. For some reason, and I don't know what it is. I don't know what the cause is, but Jokic gets into these pouts. And so I think, you know, when he gets in that, like a slump, he just gets the energy and the effort's not there. And when you see Jokic start doing that, the team has a marked decline. Right. Right. You know, they start losing games. And so I don't know. They, somehow they need to get him motivated. Right. And they don't, have the, they don't have the secondary guy to go to. You know what's funny is because you think about it, uh, when the Nuggets had their, the most success – they've had in the past you know over the past really quarter century or so was i mean carmelo anthony was their best player no doubt about it but um Mm. he wasn't their leader right that was chauncey billups right and so that it's almost like the Nuggets need that guy they need their the second best player on their team who right now is probably gary harris but he's hasn't really stepped into that role yet but and he's you know he him still being a young guy it's almost like you wish they had that guy who had uh, you know, had the a the ability like Chauncey did, who was a really good basketball player, but he also had the cachet. I mean, he was a he was a Finals MVP. He was, uh, I mean, yeah. he was a hometown kid from Denver too, so nobody could talk to him right. about, about the city or anything like that. I mean, they need something like that really to help. I think that would help. Well, I wonder. I wonder if Isaiah Thomas coming in Perhaps. will help with that. You know, I mean, I think he's got that. He's got the skill set. He's got the experience. You know, and and I think. I'm excited for him to come back, actually, because I like Isaiah Thomas, and I think, you know, I think we've talked about this before. This is a make-or-break season for him, mm-hmm. and so maybe if he can come in and be that leader for the Nuggets, that could really be a game-changer for them. Yeah, absolutely, and I think quite literally. Yeah, yeah no, no doubt. No, I mean that that's um, <laughs> that's a that's a good point because I I think the thing that the only question you have with Isaiah right is is just a matter of, well, does he still have the skills? Nobody's nobody's questioning whether or not he can be that like leadership type of guy. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and if he's got the, if he still has the skills on the court, uh, if he can be back to hundred percent healthy and, and, and still be effective, like he was two years ago, uh, then, then you're exactly right. Right. Then he fits into the, um, he fits into that, that role perfectly. The thing is too, though, will he be with the team long-term? Of course, with the one year deal, you got to wonder. And with the way Monty Morris right. is playing, uh, that's going to be, that'll be an interesting yeah, Monty Morris is. I mean, he's he's stepping up. I mean, he's showing to be a very viable off the bench option. Yep. I mean, and and perhaps he's growing pretty quickly. So we'll see what happens with with Monte Morris. Right. <laughs> I love Jamal Murray, but I'm always I'm always a big fan of healthy competition. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That's a oh, boy. That's a whole nother. Um, that's a whole nother story. podcast. You go into on that one. Um, all right, so that's I think we'll, we'll, we'll probably we can leave the Pelicans game um, there. I guess the, the one the one last note I would make is just the, the, the contrast. You know, we talked about you know Jokic and and him 
not being ready to step up into being the leader and, and the main, uh, the clear, you know, main guy on the team. Whereas when you look at the Pelicans, I mean, Anthony Davis is that guy, right? He is, yeah. uh, he is probably, I mean, in my eyes, he's the best big in the NBA. Um, it'd be, I, I, you could maybe say Joel Embiid or, or someone like that, but I would probably give it to Anthony Davis. And uh, it's just, it's just when you can see the the difference between when the Nuggets played the Pelicans the first time uh, without Anthony Davis versus this time, and how, uh, especially in the second half, how they just pretty much when he said, "All right, you know, this is the, right down into that fourth quarter," he it came to the point where Anthony Davis was like, "Okay, now just give me the ball." Um and I'll just go win this game for us. Like I'll just handle it. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing you're looking for from Jokic is for him to be able to uh, Yeah, somebody to look to, but he I mean again, you, he has to want it and I just he and he's not he's not said that he does. So that's the other part. It's like we have to be fair to him and understand that he's said he said repeatedly I don't want to be the guy. I I'd rather pass the ball to the guy. Right, 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 <laughs> so, but yeah, anyway. Now, Anthony Davis is incredible, and I think you look at, here's my issue, right? Anthony Davis, is he is, I think, talent-wise, you're right, the best big in the NBA. But, like, why doesn't he make his teammates better? You know what I mean? Like, look at the Pelicans right now. They're 9-7. and seven. I mean, if you've got the best big in the NBA, don't, don't you think the Pelicans should perform better with Anthony Davis on the team? I don't know. Yeah. That's just my... No, I, I I totally agree because it's been I mean this year obviously a lot of their a lot of their losses actually happened this year you know when he was um he was hurt but but yeah. up until this season especially we've seen that we've seen I mean the the Pelicans just have never been uh, a, a team who's been much of a threat at all even in the postseason right. if they make the playoffs you know they're usually an eighth seed or a low seed they get knocked out in the first round um, last season we started to see them maybe put something together. But they they fizzled out uh, in the second round. But had a good I get a good first round. But you're right. That's the thing that we, you're really waiting to see for him to really be like because people talk about Anthony Davis in, in the same sort of echelon as you know as, as the best players in the NBA. Maybe you know like okay, not quite as good as maybe a LeBron or Durant, but like right below that, right? You know, and, and, right. and for him to maybe to ascend to that next level. I mean, those guys are uh, are champions, so that's. That's the one mm-hmm. thing, and he's got a long way to go that. But just to even get closer, it's really got to be okay. Show us that you can make your whole team better and take sustained success uh, in the playoffs. You know, make it to a Western Conference Finals or something like that. Right. Do something important. I mean, and again, he, he, not to say that he doesn't do important things, but in the regular season, it's great. And, he, you know, he has these fantastic games that are just crazy, but then the Pelicans will lose. Yep. And it's like... I don't get it, you know. It's just something doesn't make sense with him. Yep, yep, I agree. Um, but you know, I think it, it's the thing is he he came into the NBA so young, so he's still he's still yeah. such a young guy. It's it's you're at that point where you're wondering, okay, is he is he going to go more of a uh, you know a, a Dwight Howard or a Carmelo Anthony type of guy where mm. he's had all mm-hmm. this promise and this skill and was really good, no doubt about it. You know, I mean, Dwight Howard and Carmelo Anthony are probably Hall of Famers. Uh, oh, for sure. But, but never really reached the pinnacle. Uh, or is he going to go the way? They just uh, didn't have that. Guys. They have the missing skill of right. like being able to win championships. And I don't, you know, I don't know if that can be developed. I don't know if that's just something you have. Um, I guess, you know, I didn't realize uh, Anthony Davis was 25 
I didn't realize he was so young. Well, that's because he, he's uh, been in the NBA for a long time, but it's just... I feel like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, he came in as, I mean, he must have been 19 when he came into the league. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, and you know, you, okay, to be fair, you're right. Like 25 years old, gosh, that's like super young to be able to lead a team to a championship. So I'll give him a little bit of leeway there. But I mean, I feel like LeBron James was doing some pretty cool stuff at, at 25. And I, mm-hmm. I know it's tough to compare people to LeBron James. But if you're talking about people who are the best at their craft in the NBA, you kind of have to compare them to these upper echelon players. And it's just, I think there's a, there's two different categories, right? There's a super awesome. You're really good at what you do player. And then there's the different category of you're great at what you do. And you're also a champion. So I don't know. Yep. And it's interesting. That's very well stated. Very well stated. Um, okay. Let's, let's go ahead. We'll, let's turn the corner around. And we will wrap up our show with we'll look out. We'll start looking forward to uh, the upcoming week for the Nuggets, who, of course, now, like I said, they've lost five of their last six. It doesn't get a ton easier right out of the gate. They get the Milwaukee Bucks yeah. again. Uh, just lost to the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, that's I think what that was the start. I uh, know the second game of the this five out of six uh, losing streak. Uh, third game. I'm, I'm way off. But anyways, so it was, they've already been. They've lost <laughs> that team once. Um, and that was at home. Now they'll be in Milwaukee uh, trying to win that mm-hmm. game. That, of course, is tonight. And then, and then they follow that up at Minnesota. That one's kind of an interesting one. They'll end out the uh, end out the week at Oklahoma City. So three out of their four games on the road. They do have the one home matchup uh, with the Magic there on Friday. Um, Ashley, so you think of, I guess those three those three road teams at Milwaukee, at Minnesota, at Oklahoma City. If you gotta, if you really, I mean, you 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 hope the Nuggets at least they they gotta get two out of three, right? Because you want them to go five hundred on these four road mm-hmm. games that they've got right now. But if you had to, I guess just pick, give me at least the first one. Which one's the easiest one that you think uh, they should be able to to win out on the road? Uh, you know, I think possibly the Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. Um, I realize that that's a um, in division team, but I think, um, you know, with where the Timberwolves are at, I feel like they're kind of kind of mixed up right now i think that's probably the most winnable for them um but (laughs) with defense uh a question i don't know i mean they could go oh and four (laughs) i hope not uh but yeah so i i'll say minnesota yeah i think uh, minnesota is is probably where i would go um as well just because it's uh you know they've had so they've had their their kind of moment right where um Teams, anytime teams have a, a player, especially a player where you know he wants out, and you've got this, uh, you've got this kind of thing hanging over there, uh, hanging over their heads, right? The uh, that was, of course, the case with Minnesota and Jimmy Butler. They is to yep. be extreme uh, with Jimmy Butler and him wanting out. Obviously, yeah. uh, you finally, when you always see, even when you give up a player of that caliber, teams generally have a nice hot. Uh, a little hot spurt right after the trade just because they, they finally have got that off of their shoulders. They can turn around. They can focus on playing basketball. It's the very same. The same thing happened with the Nuggets when they, they traded Melo finally. Um, they won. They, yeah, like, there's like the 10. cathartic. Huh? Right, exactly. And, me- and then remember, mm-hmm. if you remember when the Nuggets played, they played the Sacramento Kings the very first game after the Kings had just traded DeMarcus Cousins. And yeah. classically, the yeah. Nuggets ended up like they lost that game because... Uh, all these Kings players are finally just finally past the whole drama. We're free. Yeah. That's funny. 
No, I think you're right. Minnesota, you, who knows? I mean, I, I think any it's up in the air because the Nuggets game is up in the air right now. They, I don't think they've, they kind of had their identity for a second and they've lost it right. for a bit now. Right. Yeah. You feel, you sure feel a whole lot less confident. Um, yeah. About, about the Nuggets than you did a week and a half ago. The other thing though, I will say about Minnesota is they got, they got shellacked pretty good by, by Memphis. Who, though, I mean, maybe we should just start taking Memphis more seriously. They're starting, they've been playing very well. <laughs> uh, but so maybe that, maybe that, uh, that high from the trade is kind of, is kind of, you know, is died off now a little bit. Right. And it's now back yeah, well. the business and you actually have to see what this team can do. I thought the, the Timberwolves actually did okay in the trade. So they've got, they've still got mm-hmm. a good team. But I, I mean, I just say Milwaukee's going to be tough. Now, I know Jokic always plays really well in Milwaukee, right? There's always a huge uh, amount of Serbian fans who come out for that game. But Milwaukee is just a really, uh, really good team. Hopefully, Brooke Lopez doesn't hit like seven three pointers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, right. That was a strange. That was strange. You expect it. I mean, obviously, Giannis is, is incredible. And, you know, he's something that. I don't know. He's one of those guys that can win, and I think you know, he's he is and it will be special in the league. So we'll see. But maybe Jokic will. I think it all depends on Jokic. You know what his mood is. If he comes out ready to play, typically the Nuggets do well. Um, if he comes out a little tired or pouting or whatever happens to him, then they typically lose. Right. So. Right. <laughs> right. And you know the um, yeah, it's. It's 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 so very true, and especially you hope in Milwaukee though. That's that's why I've hoped for that Milwaukee game, or at least a sliver of hope, because, uh, like I said, because you know the Serbian fans are going to be out. So yeah. Um. You, you... And he tends to be an emotional player, I will say. So I, I hope that that gets him hyped for right for right. the action. Because the that last game, the, the last game of the week, people, you know, maybe one of the less lesser talked about things going on in the NBA is, man, the Oklahoma City Thunder are red hot. They have won. Um, yep. What is it? They won. I think 10 of their last 11 games now. So, I mean, after they, they, yeah. they started out Oh, and Oh, and yeah, they started out Oh, and four on the season. They're now 10 and five. They actually have a better record than the nuggets. Yep. Um, yeah, they have, yeah. When they're on a three game winning streak right now. So mm-hmm. that's good. I mean, I think, you know, everybody know, well, not everybody, but people who know me, I, I not a fan of Carmelo Anthony. Right. And so I think the fact that he left the the Thunder and now they're doing well, and then obviously the he left the Rockets and now the Rockets are are seems like they're coming back to life. It's just I don't think it's a coincidence. Yeah. No, not at all. Well, <laughs> Too many common denominators going on there. It's been yeah, you know, that's kind of been the story for the past few years. Uh, certainly <laughs> for for Mel, even there with New York at the end. But um, oh, yeah. yeah, that's and but that's the big kind of the big story about. Uh, I mean, there's not a ton different about Oklahoma City, other than uh, that that kind of that kind of change. I mean, they added Dennis Schroeder right to be their backup point guard, which is um, which is nice. You know, Dennis Schroeder's a nice he's a nice player and he's a good mm-hmm. guy off the bench for you certainly uh, to give you that kind of change of pace, give you that speed from your point guard position, but. I mean, in Russell Westbrook and Paul George, that's just a great, that's just a great one-two punch. And and now that they're in, they can pretty much just focus solely on those two guys and let everybody else operate around them. Um, it's paying dividends. It's a good focus for their team. You're yeah, you're right. I think everybody now knows their role. Right. That's a big deal. Right. Such a big deal. Right. And usually, you know, you talk about like a lot of teams. You want like a, that. You need those three stars. Um, but Russell Westbrook just dominates the ball so much that 
Ugh, you know, he can yeah, win. Yeah, exactly. He almost, <laughs> you almost can't have that third star because it's just like that guy's never. Yeah, gonna win. it's just not gonna happen. He's like two and one, right, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. Oh, he's he can win a game, you know. I I he's never gonna be Mister Congeniality, the like likable guy, right. but he can get a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You gotta respect him. For right, that. and it, yeah, he's never gonna be like the most efficient shooter. Uh, he's he's always gonna be a guy who's probably gonna be hunting for rebounds. Uh, you know, to to pad his stats a little bit, but um, yeah, you know, like I said, he's he's still gonna win you. He's gonna win you basketball. He gets the job done. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, last thing before we go. So, they, like I said, we do have the one home game that is against the Orlando Magic. I mean, that that's got to be a must win, right? Because uh, Orlando is is by far the the easiest of these these three games. Not only are you at home, but I mean, Orlando is just probably. The opponent. When you look at these four teams, that's the opponent you um, you you certainly see as as the team. I mean, Orlando's got a winning record, but they're not they're not a team that you say, man, they're they're, they're really talented like those other three. They're beatable, right? Yeah. I mean, is it is it? It's it's so early in the season, so it's really hard to say. I mean, we're about, but at the same time, we're almost twenty five. We're getting close to being about twenty five percent a quarter of the way through. Um, mm-hmm. Is this? Do you almost look at that as like that is an absolute must win game? I do because it's a home game. And I think right now I would imagine that Nuggets fans are a little nervous. And, you know, if the Nuggets drop a couple of these road games, you know, before heading into that, they they have to win in front of the home crowd. They've done too, they have strung their fans out too long to, you know, start on a weird track like this. So I I would say yes to keep their fan base uh, happy. They definitely need to win that game. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, because it's funny. Like I said, I mean, Orlando does have a winning record. They're actually they're leading their division, which isn't saying much because they play in the Southeast, which is just a <laughs> garbage division so far this year. But yeah. uh, uh, home of uh, Atlanta Hawks there, who the Nuggets just beat by 45 points. But, you know, so <laughs> people, the Magic might sneak up a little bit on people on, on, on their talent level. I mean, Aaron Gordon is a very good player. Um They've got some other guys around that team that you're hoping, you know, again, another team that's kind of playing uh, with a young roster that's that's somewhere trying to make that next step. I mean, Mo Bamba is a, is a very intriguing rookie. Long potentially could give uh, could give Jokic some trouble if, if they get matched up against each other. But there's there's nothing there that you're saying, oh, my gosh, we're, we're not going to be able to, um, we're not going to be able to overcome this team. So, like, you, yeah, the fans are really going to be, uh, Antsy, especially because because listen, if you 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 uh, unless you play perfect on the road and knock out these good teams, you know you're expecting you're going to be dropping one, two, uh, hopefully not all three of those road games, but at least you know one, maybe even two of those uh, games there. If you also drop the game at home against the Magic, uh, suddenly you're looking at the second week in a row with a losing record, and and, and right. you're dropping, you're getting close to being back down to 500, which is where this team has lived pretty much the past three years. So now it's like, uh, was that was that nine and one start really just a, a total, you know, a total? Was fruit? it an anomaly? Is that who you? But the problem is that they can do it, and they beat mm-hmm. they've beaten the Warriors and the Celtics playing solid. It wasn't a fluke, you know what right. I mean? It's just they're not doing it, and I think that's what's frustrating. So right. Um, hopefully they get back to it. I mean, right, and that's and that's why that Orlando game. I mean, and now to their credit. You, you could have said the same thing about the Atlanta game, right? That was the game where it was like, all right, they have to win this game. You cannot drop this home game to Atlanta. Um, 
and they they came out and they took care of business. So um, it's true, and I think Atlanta kind of let them. Yeah, it's true. Atlanta's, Atlanta's <laughs> and so this is this will be an interesting test. You got another team that you should definitely beat at home, um, but unlike Atlanta, who's not trying to win games. Uh, certainly not this year. the The Orlando Magic are, like I said, they're they're in they're nine and eight, yeah. but they're in first in their division. So they're 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 playing for the playoffs this year. They're competing. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting to see how the Nuggets how they they show up for that game uh, in the midst of all the everything else that's going on. Um, yeah. See if they can pull it off. I'm interested in this next game. You know, just to see if they can rebound, to see if they can pull their attitude out of the gutter and keep going. Right. right. So it's maturity point for them, I think. Exactly. Like it's. They've had they've had their gut punch now, you know. It's it, yep. it, uh, the all the fun and the national attention and being at the top of the power rankings, all that, all that's that that buzz is gone, and now it's you know now it's grind time and uh, yep. see whether or not they can do it. All right, well I think that will that will go ahead and wrap up our show. I want to say thanks to Mr. Mark Grimaldi who's on with us uh, in the first half of the show, and and thanks to Ashley Douglas. Ashley, always appreciate you being on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Make sure you guys are uh, following us all on Twitter. I'm at Zach Mikosh. Ashley is at uh, Ashley NBA Hoops, right? That's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mark's not on Mark's not on Twitter, but uh, if you just uh, best place to get at Mark is in the comment board, as he is the chief uh, moderator of our comments. But don't. Uh, don't be anything but pleasant in there. Otherwise, I'll feel bad. Don't instigate. Yeah, I'll feel bad for sending you over there uh, to Mark if, if you end up <laughs> being like, a problem. thanks a lot. <laughs> More work for him. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter at the Denver Stiffs or at Denver Stiffs on Twitter at the Denver Stiffs on Instagram. Um, also over on Facebook and on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel now. If you guys want to get pretty much all of the uh, post-game and pre-game press conferences, uh, that is the place to find them on our YouTube channel. So go over there and hit subscribe. And then, of course, one other place you want to subscribe is to this podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, wherever. Just look up the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. This is where you'll find the Pickaxe Pundits, Nuggets Numbers, The Dig, Full Court Press, all kinds of different shows for you guys every week, but you got to be subscribed to that Denver Stiffs podcast network to be able to get all of it. So make sure you you are doing that and leave a rating while you're there. Why not? All right, everybody, we will talk to you next week.